Wonderful to be here. Thank you for your friendship and your love. It's always such a blessing. Uh, we're going to do a job interview with a prophet that had the greatest revival in world history. What, what a way to go. What a morning. <laughs> I do know, as I was looking through my notes and all the different things, about 10 years ago, I gave to Bolney Chapel Jonah chapter 1, and we looked at an interview with chapter 1. Here we are. Now at chapter four, that only took us ten years, but it's a wonderful thing. You see, I read a lot of autobiographies and things about great people of God. And many of them are half-truths. I've learned that, that so many of them, they don't give the warts, they don't give the downsides. You only see the most positive things. I'm so thankful that the Bible gives us such a clearer picture, a full picture of its saints in the Word. Many of the characters are deeply flawed. Over the years, I must have interviewed hundreds upon hundreds of people for the jobs within Off Defence and also uh, volunteers as well. And I'd like to do a little bit something different today. And I'd like to have a job interview with Jonah, chapter 4. I so praise God for chapter 4 because if you just read chapter 3, you see hundreds of thousands of people coming to repent and be before God and turn their world around from the king down. It's an incredible, incredible thing. Chapter 4 shows us that God is concerned, though, for his workers and his task as much as he is the great works of God that we do. As big a miracle of the hundreds of thousands of people repenting and becoming right with God was the life of his man Jonah. And what that man had to go through to get to that stage... It shows me that God can use the simplest thing as a bush and a little worm to make so much difference in this man's life. How did God do it? Well, let's do this thing that's a bit different. Let's interview him. You're the panel. And I'm going to call Jonah in as the candidate. So he's walking through the door and he sits front of us just like... Julio sat in front of us. Here he is, he's sitting in front of us today. I've asked Jonah to give us a few references. Got to have the references with the interview. Welcome Jonah, lovely to see you. Sit down, we have six questions for you, just six. First off, Jonah, has God called you to this work? He replies, not only did God directly call me, but he called me twice. He said, go to Nineveh. God has certainly called me in chapter 1, verse 1. Rise up and go in chapter 3, verse 1. Well, I can't argue with that. That's a great start, isn't it? He's called of God. Do you believe the right things, Jonah? I'm God's prophet. I'm as sound as a pound. I believe in the God of Israel 
who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, righteous and a God of salvation. That's chapter 2, verse 9. Well, it's going well, isn't it? This man's doing great. Called of God, he believes the right things. Are you a man of prayer? Jonah, very important in God's work. He replies, I prayed in places that nobody else has ever prayed. (laughs) Well, that's not an answer, Jonah. Tell us a bit more. Does our God answer your prayers? And please give us an example. I was swallowed by a great fish, taken to the depth of the ocean. All I had was prayer and I prayed and the fish threw me up exactly at Nineveh. Wow, I'm liking this candidate. This is my kind of man. He's brilliant, isn't he? Certainly called of God. Believes the right things. And now we hear that he answers God answers his prayers. Excellent candidate. I'm really starting to rub my hands. Is your ministry effective though, Jonah? Give us an example. I preached and 100,000 plus people got saved in one day from the king down. Well, I've heard enough now. Wow. Offer him the job quick. Now offer him my job. I'm quite happy to step down. Well, somebody else throws in another question. Do you know the scripture well? Well, in chapter 2 he quotes series of chunks from Moses and serious chunks of the scripture from the Psalms. He knows his Bible knowledge well. Good candidate. I'm getting restless now, but one more question comes in. For God's work, you need to be courageous. Are you a man of courage, Jonah? I was willing to be thrown off a boat in very high seas and storms to save the crew members of that ship. I am now bursting at the seams. The interview is over. Jonah, you can leave and I'm saying let's just take him on. Let's just take this man on. He's great. He's got everything called of God, theologically sound. God answers his prayer. Whole city repented at his message. He knows the Bible well and is a man of courage. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a great. What are we waiting for? Let's offer him the job, I'm saying to you. But my interviewing panel, you lot are far more sensible than I am. And if it was in off the fence, we've got the head of HR saying, no, not yet, Paul. She would be jumping like that. Paul, no, not yet. Don't give them the job. We've got to get the references. Okay. You see, in chapter four, paints such a different picture of this man, Jonah. Here, instead of a great revival, he sits outside the city, angry at the people, angry with God, asking God to destroy the people. But that's in hindsight. We don't have the knowledge yet. We are still into the interview process. Actually, I forgot to ask one fundamental question that I always ask now. Do you have a love for the people that you're called to? 
You might have the right theology. You might have memorised scripture, seen miracles and wonders, but without the love of God for the people, it's doomed to fail. So many people we found in these last 27, well, 40 years in the ministry, they love the concept of full-time Christian ministry, love what it means and stands for, and they come for a tester. They come for a week and they come down with our homeless work. All God's called us to the homeless and the smell's not as good as what it should be. The language certainly isn't. And it's very, very stressful. If you're going to do something long term, you've got to have a love and a burden for the people. And the smell and the tension and the deaths, they are constantly there. And can get you down. It's never pretty. In fact the Lord's work is never pretty. On top of everything else. You've got the devil against you. you you've, got, you've got lack of resources often. You get people relapsing. You go to, to see people dying. Often when you work in a charity like ours. But God calls his people. Well, back to the interview. Let's call on his references then. The ones who knew Jonah better than anybody. From chapter one, let's bring in, through the door, all the sailors, shall we? Here they are, sailors on board with him. What do you know about Jonah? Because I'm ready to give him the job. And they say, Jonah, what a menace he is. He's mean-spirited, he's carnal. He almost killed all of us. We were in such horrendous danger. But he slept while we cast lots and prayed. And asked God, why is it that we're in such horrendous storm? He knew all the time he was the problem. He was out of the will of God. He put us all in such danger and risk. You're welcome to him. He's a menace. Well, that's not a good start, is it? We've had a great, great interview and I'm starting to think, well, second referee, well, let's do something different. It's a, it's a count, it's a undone and I don't really know what you believe, so I'm quite happy to do something different this morning. Let, let, let's count on, let, let's bring, well, no, let's start off chapter two. Let's bring in the whole whale. Let's bring the whale. Here he is, the great fish. We've brought in the great fish. What do you know about Jonah? Oh, the great fish, he's stubborn. He's so stubborn. I know God called him and he ran from the task. Yes, I'm only a fish. But if my creator says do something, I do it gladly. Jonah got the call to Nineveh. He could have gone and seen such wonder there. But he ran. When they threw him into the water, he could have got right with God. What a wonderful time to get right with God. But he didn't. God said to me, swallow him. And I did. And I took him to the bottom of the ocean. And to my great surprise... 
It took Jonah three days and three nights to get right with God. Such a stubborn man, he made me sick. (laughs) He's a stubborn, did not care for the people. Oh, it's a bad reference, like the sailors. Well, let's call on the third reference. There's only four, there's only four chapters. Let's call the people of Nineveh. That must be different. What do you know about this prophet of God called Jonah? He's the weirdest person we've ever met. (laughs) He looked so strange when he was washed up onto the shore, having been in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. He did not have to open his mouth. We could see just by looking at him that God would forgive us if we were truly sorry. He led us to repentance, but he did not stay to disciple. He didn't show us how to live for God. And then he sat outside the city, so miserable, under a bush trying to persuade God to destroy the city. We're so thankful that he came, so thankful, but all he does is ask God to destroy us. Not a good reference, not really, is it? Yet another bad reference. Well, let's take one more reference before we decide, shall we? Chapter four. Let's call on the wiggly old worm. (laughs) What do you know about Jonah? My creator led me to a bush and I ate it. But Jonah, who was lying underneath for the shade, went ballistic when I ate it. He is immature. He lives for his own pleasure and feelings rather than obeying the voice of God Almighty. And he sits under a half-eaten tree wanting to die because he's no shade. And he wants the people dead because he hates what they stood for. But they're right with God now. And he was so angry at God. He shook his hand at God. Well, God doesn't obey Jonah. He did not get what he asked for and he sulks. He's immature, he's angry, prejudiced, no love for the people he's called to serve. Wow, that's a turnaround, isn't it? He's not right for God's work. He may have the right qualifications, but his life's attitudes are miserable. Incredible. Best candidate, worst references. He is unemployable. But actually, there is still one person, one almighty creator, the most important reference of them all, where it all rests. And that's almighty God, of course. We need God's perspective because I'm totally confused here. This man brought down the greatest revival in history. He knows him completely. God, you call Jonah. But his heart wasn't in it. He was so unsuited for the task. But you still called him. What should we do with Jonah, Lord? We need your help. We need you to tell us what to do now. God answers. We give him another chance. I'm not finished with him yet. I do not give up on people. 
he needs to learn a few more lessons that will make him more of a man of God, more suited for the task. You see, I've dealt with him in the storms, in the high seas, in the great fish, in the first three chapters of Jonah. He knows the pressures of life. He knows the noise. Do you know that? Oh, I know that. Now I'm dealing with him in a gentler way, in gentler things. I'm teaching him in things like the sun and the bushes and the worms. It's a new chapter for Jonah. So what do we think as we interview? Yes, he represents God, but no burden. God is gracious, not Jonah. God is merciful, not this man. God is slow to anger. You ought to see Jonah when the worm at his bush. <laughs> he sits in the sun wanting God to destroy the city. And he's miserable. Even kill me, he says. Jonah's got an A in theology, but a fail in life's choices. But he had a second chance after he was released from the whale. And a whole city comes to know God. But he wants God to slaughter that city. What caused Jonah to be happy? A simple bush. Not being right with God. References are damning. And I'm urging you now not to employ this fella. Although, saying that, I would have never employed Paul Young for off the fence. <laughs> never. Never, ever. You know, just thinking about it, it's, it's kind of an off planet here. But I think the only Christian job that would have me is the one that I created myself. And many of you know, you know, my dad was an alcoholic, an angry man. Never really got to know him, brought up by a granddad who, who was a product of the First World War and never got over the things that he saw and he, he threw himself under the fast train. And, uh, and I mean, my old mum used to say, oh, Paul, you've got the devil in you. And I could never understand why it was. And my girls, uh, my eldest girl, done this psychology degree and said, oh, Paul, let's sit you down like Jonah. Let's sit you down. Let's do this test for ADHD. I said, oh, all right then. And I got all three of my girls on the case. Dad, do you like chewing up? I don't mind. I don't lie, Dad. That's a definite no. And, and they took me through and it says, oh, if you've got 67%, you, you really kind of probably got ADHD. 75%, you really need to get. I'd go and see the doctor at some stage. 80%. You really need medication. I come in at 97%. <laughs> so, so that's who you've got in front of you. You know, my brain ticks badly. Uh, I was incredibly messed up. Not only did God save me, but gave me the call to go back to my own people and simply tell them what I've done for you. That's all. Anybody can do that. And that's what we've done with Off the Fence. Up to that point, we'd served God in 42 different countries with Operation Mo Mobilisation. But to our surprise, go back to Brighton. Oh, I'd have rather gone to, to Australia then, but God said, go back. 
God asks us to start off the fence. I would have not touched me with a barge pole. But God has this wonderful way of shaping and preparing people. Lots of people want my job now. I'm almost every intern that comes around, oh, we'd like to be doing what you're doing. You don't. <laughs> you, 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 you don't. It, it took lots and lots of preparation and pain. And the work has been blood, sweat, toil and tears. But we've seen the miracles again and again and again. For Jonah, God was shaping him. Look at the four major lessons. Chapter one, God's presence. How we need to know that. You cannot run or hide from God. Chapter two, he learned this. If you cry out to God, he will save and forgive you. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Chapter three, he learned of God's great power. If you obey him, God changes an entire city through a broken, flawed, angry character like Jonah. Off the fence has never been about Paul and Wendy. I mean, God chose at times a donkey to speak his word. It says the stones will get up and praise God if we don't do it. God is God and it's an honour to serve him. And chapter four, he learnt this. Lost people so matter to God. Do we get that, Christians? Do we get that? Lost people so matter to God. In that chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, God is saying, look, you're so worried about this bush, why not be worried about the people that don't know me? Jonah, have you not seen, have you not understood that lost people matter to God? We've got to get that in us, Christians. God wants his heart and God wanted the heart of the man of God more than anything else. And he wants ours. Our hearts to burn and break for the people of the place he's told us to live. To stop doing the things we've always done, hoping that they'll be different somewhere down the line. But I don't know about you, I collect so many bushes that give me comfort for a time. But they take so much time, so much effort, so many creature comforts, but people are lost, confused and blind. If you say, God, I'm available, send me, start firstly by doing the shaping. It can be different for every person and it is different for every person. But if you want to impact a village, if you want to impact a city, God starts that daily work. Within Off the Fence, we have had the honour of seeing the hungry fed, the broken put together. People coming in rags of clothing, homeless housed, frightened, comforted, thirsty, watered, lonely have a friend network, voiceless have a voice. Scared have been empowered. Lost runaways are found. Lives are being changed month after month, week after week, day after day. We get to see positive change. But it's God's. It's all God's, not ours. 
And we're so thankful to have something like the chapel that has allowed us them wonderful tools to get the job done down there. The amount of clothing that you've provided over the year. Brighton is still in desperate need. So many opportunities, so many needs. God is saying to Jonah and to us, I want your heart. Are you available? Are you really available? If you love God, you will learn to love people and have a great concern for lost people, a lost world and a broken world. Bolney so needs you. Are we getting it? God, I am here. I'm willing to go wherever and whatever cost that might be. Doing the will of God, my friends, is not a matter of knowing it in the mind, but a matter of loving it from the heart. Jesus tells us a simple story, doesn't he, in the New Testament, about the good Samaritan helping the broken person when nobody else would help them. It's not the story that frightens me. It's the last three words of Jesus where it says, go and do likewise. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? Go and do likewise. You don't need a theological degree for that one. What are we waiting for? The second coming? Although Jonah done mighty things for God, if only, if only chapter four had ended differently. Joe got it, didn't she? She said, does it finish there? That's exactly right. Why on earth does Jonah finish like that? Even one line could have said Jonah repented of this selfishness and his lack of love and his immaturity and went back to Nineveh to love and serve and disciple the people. That would have been a wonderful finish, wouldn't it? That would have been great. The book of Jonah for me would have been great. But it doesn't say that. The very fact that the book is ended so quickly shows that God hadn't finished with Jonah. He was still fixing up the welts and all. Perhaps there is no verse 12 because God kept that verse blank. So we can fill it in ourselves. Call to the city, call to the village to love the people Enough to be Christ to them. That's a wonderful end to Jonah. Okay, the interview is over. The reference been heard. Your credentials are terrific. Your references have been horrific, Jonah. But God said, you're hired. You're hired. God is on our side. In us and for us. And because of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, And the God we serve is the God of the second, the third and the fourth chances. The wonderful thing, Bolney Chapel, we're all hired. We're hired for the chance. To do what? Go into all the world and make disciples. Starting here. God will bless you even if you've messed up again and again and again. God, I'm available. Change takes place. People are out there desperate 
for what you have. Desperate for you to act. So no more stalling. No more inaction. Ask God to show us the people of Bolney the way that only he sees them. Let's work from a soft flaming heart as we represent the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords to a dying, desperate village. Go back to Nineveh. Go back to Nineveh, God said to Jonah. Go back to Bolney. Go back to Bolney, God is saying to you and for Brian, for me. And let's believe, let's believe in the God of miracles to do wonderful things in our lives now and for the rest of our lives. Let's pray together.